0: just go to cars.com It's magical. It's like <laughs> when you have a puppy and the puppy was never taught to do anything properly. Like you just let the puppy pee and poop in the apartment all the time. Yeah. And then the now the puppy's eight years old and you're like, all right, let's stop peeing and pooping in the house. The puppy's like, I don't know what you're talking about. This is well, life. It was like, like, this is what we do. <laughs> Welcome to Checking Out the Competition, Washington Capitals. We are joined, as we always are for the Caps, by one of my favorite people, I was just telling him, Greg Young. And this is also exciting because I do believe this is the farthest flung Checking Out the Competition partner I've ever had. Greg is in Denmark, right?
1: No, I'm. Well, so I'm actually in the Netherlands, but I my at, at the end of the Over year, at the end of uh, my school year, I'm gonna be moving to Denmark. Hopefully.
0: <laughs> okay, so Greg's in the Netherlands. I, yes. Still so pretty far away, head, right? In my head, I'm <laughs> close. I think that's close geographically.
1: Yeah. yeah no, no, no. It is. It's a, it is about an eight-hour drive, which is which I know because like I go visit my fiance every every once in a while. So uh, yeah. So it's
0: yeah, been. A, so about that in my head.
1: Yeah. Well, so I guess basically, like you would say, it's from uh, I like I guess DC to Boston, roughly. Maybe a tiny bit, maybe a tiny bit shorter than that.
0: Philly to Toronto, eight there hours. On the There dock. you go. Perfect. Nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, the Capitals. Um, <laughs> yeah. So as I like to do at the start of the season, um, before we dive into this particular game kind of high level has anything interesting happened with the capitals over this offseason
1: um not really and well that was kind of like what was interesting because the big story this off season as it has been the last like four or five years is the capitals window because their core is getting a lot older um they espn recently did their top 100 hockey players and the four capitals that made it were all over 30 which not a huge surprise. Although Tom Wilson was an alternate, which kind of surprised me on that list. But um, but anyways, so they did not do anything in the offseason functionally, save for mm-hmm. two things. One, they lost and then reacquired Vitek Vanacek, uh, from the Seattle Kraken for a second round pick. And uh, they so they had to re-up Alex Ovechkin this offseason. That was the big kind of Things that they did that didn't make the team different, but obviously kept Ovechkin the capital, which we all knew was going to happen. But mm-hmm. in order to do that, they have traded Brendan Dillon. They got two second round picks for him from the Winnipeg Jets. So that's uh, that's kind of the offseason. Um, the, the lineup ramifications from that were actually pretty interesting because because they lost Dillon, they actually had a D spot open up and. Uh, They've actually had two different people in there now because um, they have Trevor Van Riemsdyk regularly playing in the lineup and a, uh, a, a you know a rookie Martin Farabari in the lineup as well. So that's kind of a little bit of a different look for them for them this year as well.
0: Okay. So functionally, we're going to be looking at the same Washington Capitals team that we've been seeing for the last couple of seasons.
1: Well, well a couple of exceptions to that, though, just real okay. quick. Um, so Nicholas Backstrom is out and he's going to probably be out, I would say, maybe another couple of weeks. He's recovering from an offseason hip surgery. And TJ Oshie is out uh, for the next month or two, probably. He's month to month. The big rumor seems to be he uh, was favoring his foot after blocking a shot, which leads you to think he probably broke something in that. So uh, so those two are out, and uh, in their place is going to be Connor McMichael, a mm-hmm. uh, really, really good rookie for the Washington Capitals, who I actually wrote about last week. And uh, they also are probably going to have Hendrix LaPierre, who's another rookie and who's, I would say, struggled in his NHL debut a little bit, but he's uh, definitely entertaining.
0: Great name, too.
1: Yeah, A-plus name. Yeah, job, you can't capital.
0: discount. You can't discount a good hockey name. And Hendricks yeah, exactly. is a very good one. Yes. So right now, the Capitals are 5-1-3, third place in the Metro, which this early is functionally meaningless, but it's important to note anyway. So they've been playing pretty well. Um, what would you say has been the highlight of the season so far? Yeah,
1: I mean, I think that if you wanted to talk about one game, a single game highlight, they absolutely thrashed the Colorado av- avalanche um- You know, early in the year, and they actually just had their first regulation loss uh, against the Tampa Bay Lightning a couple of days ago, and uh, that was actually a game I think they played pretty well in. So, you know, sometimes that just happens. So really, I would say they've been they've been really good this year um, so far kind of much to my surprise, because a lot of people were willing to kind of write the write the Capitals off. There were people saying they might not be a playoff team, which you know, the Capitals always seem to get it together in the regular season, regardless of whether mm-hmm. people think they will or not. Um, but yeah, you know, you come into the year, you don't have Backstrom and, uh, you know, your expectations maybe aren't the highest, but they've uh, really stabilized, I think. And they're they're playing really good hockey, both underlying-wise and uh, actual play-wise. So I've uh, I've enjoyed watching them. Uh, in terms of just a player highlight, I, how could you not talk about Alex Ovechkin, right? He's the first star in the NHL. He already has nine goals. He's uh He's really unbelievable, right? Like, this is, uh, I, it's just, I'm sure you have an Ovechkin question for me. And uh, I probably won't have an answer because he's unbelievable. And I don't know how he still does it.
0: I mean, the Capitals are one of those teams that I feel like we have been expecting for the last few seasons. Like, okay, this is the year. This is the year they start to go down. Guys are getting older. We thought when they hired uh, our old friend, Peter LaViolette, that that would probably give him a little bump because generally at the start of his tenure, he, he tends to get good results out of his teams. Um, but yeah, they really don't seem to be showing any signs of going into the basement of the Metro. So I feel like despite our wishes, we're going to have to be dealing with the Capitals at least this season.
1: Yeah. Well, at least in the regular season, right? Yeah. That's that's kind of of our deal. And uh, LaViolette's been interesting because if you kind of look under the hood a little bit, he really matters from a shot suppression standpoint. That is kind of Mm. LaViolette's calling card. It was his calling card pretty much wherever he's gone, particularly in uh, Nashville. And he's continued that too. I mean, if you look at the Capitals, they're not typically seen as a great defensive team, famously so, but shot suppression wise, they're they're right up there with some of the best teams in the NHL in terms of preventing high danger chances and preventing both goals and expected goals. So yeah, like Laviolette really buttons teams down. It definitely doesn't help from their offensive standpoint at times, but uh, the Capitals have the kind of skill still that they can kind of get away with that and uh, just do well shot suppression and hope to shoot a high percent, which guess what? They're again doing it this year. They just keep somehow doing it. And uh, my always favorite thing is reading Dom's predictions, because at the start of the year, he's always, uh, okay, like, my model says this about the Capitals, but we just have to kind of throw it out, because whatever the Capitals seem to do, they uh, they don't really work in right. somehow. So <laughs> that's that's always been an interesting debate that we've had in the Capitals community about exactly why that's the case.
0: I, I mean, having Ovechkin and Kuznetsov, it's kind of. I feel like it's yeah. going to just break a model. I mean, well, okay. the, Kelly, Nick Dowd had eleven goals last year. Like Nick Dowd. Like I don't. I don't even get it
1: sometimes with this team. They just it's, like, the yeah. way they play is is fascinating to me with that.
0: And it's it's crazy because, as you said, Laviolette is kind of playing. You know, he's not playing like Florida Panthers go 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 all offense hockey. And yet you have Ovi with nine goals in nine games already. 15 points in nine games. Kuznetsov with 13 points in nine games. Like, there's obviously no lack of scoring going on with this team. Is Ovi getting a lot of his points so far on the power play? Or is he getting some five-on-five goals? too?
1: No, he's actually not. What's been interesting is, like, kind of low-key, the Caps' power play has not been very good. They scored a couple of goals opening night, and uh, they've been pretty bad since. So, no, actually... So the Capitals' top line has been really, really, really good this year uh, with being, right now that's uh, Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, and Tom Wilson, uh, much to everyone's chagrin. But they've been phenomenal this year at 5-on-5, actually. Uh, And it's really been led by a, I I would argue, resurgent Evgeny Kuznetsov. He has been really, really good this year. And Mm -hmm. uh, the thing with Kuznetsov that you'll always say is that one, the Capitals absolutely need him to play well because they're paying him $8 million and Backstrom is out. And right now their their next center on the depth chart is Connor McMichael, who's really good, but he's still a rookie, right? So... You say, okay, like, they need Evgeny Kuznetsov to play really well. And the thing with Kuznetsov is he always has had the talent. Everyone always knows that. It's just that he kind of can't get out of his own way. Last Mm. year, it was interesting because his shot suppression numbers also got way better, kind of along with the rest of the team. But he also got COVID twice, and his point total was inconsistent, and he was invisible during the playoffs when he played. So... You know, I think Kuznetsov this year, they didn't trade him, and uh, he's really kind of played with the fire up his butt. Uh, I've been really impressed by him, and I think the results for the rest of the top line have been really good, not just on the power play, but on five, particularly on 5v5. So that, that has ramifications for Ovechkin, too, because— Ovechkin, I mean, if we're going to be honest, right, he can't lead his own line anymore just yeah. like, by himself, right? Like, he's not 22 anymore. He can't just, like, go and play 80 gazillion miles a minute, which is fine. He's 35. Of course he can't do that. Or 36 now. But, you know, the thing with Ovechkin is that when he's playing with a resurgent Kuznetsov who's been better defensively and is really good at kind of generating rush chances and getting up to the ice quickly, that's going to benefit an Alex Ovechkin a lot because it's going to mean that, there's going to be less of an individual focus on the actual skater of Alex Ovechkin and it's going to allow him to kind of find those little areas that he seems to do really well and one other thing he's gotten and i'm sure flyers fans will notice this is that he's much 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 more willing over the last 4 to 5 years to go to the net and that's something that he gets a lot more points on tips a lot more points kind of in ugly areas near the net and he's just so
0: freaking big kelly that you can't He is a him large man. He is a big, big boy. And, that's uh, kind so, of the most annoying thing about him yes. is that he's got that Eric Lindros, like, so big, but also so mobile. And with those yes. hands, it's like, you you just can't stop it. No,
1: exactly. And and, and on top of that, when you have a really good passer like Evgeny Huznetsov, who seems like he's motivated this year, that's a really big deal. And uh, Wilson also has been good for him, too, in a way, because... Ovechkin's, again, not going to be a guy that can just go into corners and win the battles. And also, that can't be the way he plays because he's a sniper these days, right? He needs to Mm -hmm. be kind of finding his spots. He can't always be down in the corners mucking it up. And when Wilson's playing well and playing on the right side of the law uh, and kind of using (laughs) his size to generate scoring chances, that's going to help in Alex Ovechkin, too. So, yeah, the first line has been really, really good so far for the Capitals.
0: I have a theory, and let me know what you think about this. Mm Mm-hmm. Kuznetsov and Ovechkin are off to such a great start because of the commercial. Oh, <laughs> have you seen the commercial? Oh, it's over there. Oh, it's yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, the uh, best hockey the, uh, commercial. the Backstrom I've... And Ovechkin commercial? Oh, that's Backstrom. Doug Kelly. Yeah,
1: no, I'm no, slow. no. But well, okay. Can, can, can we, can we keep developing this theory though? Can you, uh, cause I'll present a counter theory. Kuznetsov just likes the commercial. Yeah, well, or he's really <laughs> jealous about the fact that Backstrom was in that Ooh. commercial and he wants to show that he belongs there, too. I like all it. He, all he wants to do is fit in and belong, right? That's that's all anyone wants
0: to do. Thank you for helping turn my leaky brain around into something productive. <laughs> <I'm speaking laughs> no, it's me. fine. That's fine. That's, that's, uh, that's why we're a good team, right? We're both here to help. Exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> what's been going poorly for the Caps so far this season?
1: Yeah, so um, there's been a couple of things that I haven't loved. Uh, Mainly Lars Eller has not. I mean, so Lars Eller is uh, typically he's a 3C for the Capitals, but lately because Backstrom's been out and because uh, LaViolette doesn't really trust Connor McMichael or uh, Hendricks LaPierre, he's been kind of finding himself in the 2C spot, and it's just not been a fit for him this year, and his underlying numbers aren't particularly great. Uh, I am – kind of convinced Lars Eller has been playing through something. He was a little hurt in the preseason, and uh, I he hasn't really been all that great. And uh, the other thing, too, is I would say that uh, the power play has been really not very good lately. And uh, I think there's been a lot of talk of maybe they need to kind of either change personnel. I have my own ideas about that or, you know, whether they kind of need to switch up their zone entry schemes mm-hmm. because they're kind of predictable and they just don't have a ton of speed on the first power play unit. So I would say that's another thing that hasn't gone great for the Capitals lately. And uh, we'll kind of see what tweaks they make, particularly after they get back from the Florida trip.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned um, personnel over process because I was going to ask which one of those it is because the Flyers power play uh, over the last couple of games has been struggling after starting off pretty hot because they inexplicably decided to change both personnel and process. Yeah. Um, I guess Michelle Tarian was bored and decided he would do <laughs> something. Um, well, yeah, he's got he's to he's earn that money somehow,
1: right? You I know, why, why, why not just uh, tinker tinker on the power play with no rhyme or reason, right?
0: It's just wild to think of a power play that has Alex Ovechkin who only has to get to the spot and then can kind of just score at will. It's it's wild to think of that struggling. Yeah. Well. So. Okay. I have a I have a pet theory, and uh, I think because and I think I think
1: you've started to notice this particularly among metro teams that see the Capitals a lot, which is that mm-hmm. you have to give. So obviously, on a power play, you have to give someone a shot, right? Like there has to be one person that's going to be open. And I think a lot of teams lately have kind of decided that just give Carlson the point shot. And, okay. You take away the pasto to Ovechkin, try to cover Kuznetsov or Backstrom on the boards as much as you can, and just, you know what, like, some of the Carlson shots, sometimes there'll be a deflection, sometimes something weird will happen, sometimes there'll be a rebound, but as a team, you'll take that shot any day of the week, right? Like, he just will. And so Carlson's mobility the last couple of years, particularly last year because it turned out he was playing through a broken kneecap for a lot of the year, um, his mobility hasn't really been great. And so he can't really encroach on the net as much as he would usually. And so I think that's what a lot of what teams have started to do. And then the other thing you would also say is that just this year they're without Backstrom. They're now without Oshie. Those are two huge parts of a power play that has basically had the same person up for like the last five yeah, years, which is yeah, right? <laughs> kind of incredible if you think about it. But, you know, I think that that's also a tough thing to lose too because yeah, you know, they all kind of have their own little roles. And uh, it can be tough when you have a, um, you know, just a kind of a different lineup in there to, to really mesh together well. Another thing I would say from a personnel standpoint is that, for some reason they're insistent on having Connor Sherry in the first power play unit which I'm mm. not really under- sure why that makes sense uh, at the expense of Connor McMichael the young talented rookie who can skate score and uh, shoot. So I don't really know why they're doing that. Um if I had a critique of Laviolette right now that would be my big one is his kind of reluctance to play rookies because I think that's going to help the Capitals in the long run particularly this year but there you go I think that's 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 kind of a Grab bag of things that I would I would think
0: about with the power play. Boy, do NHL coaches just love to not play a rookie?
1: Yeah, one well, Laviolette. They're so scared. Like so, scared. Like, so was, scared. Was he like that when he was in Philly? Was he like a not a big rookie guy or like kind of was that his reputation at all or no?
0: Um, at the time, I don't think the Flyers had a ton of good rookies. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a pretty dark period prospect wise for the Flyers. Um. I can but relate I, to that as a Capitals fan, because after yeah. uh, LaPierre, it gets get dark pretty quickly. But yeah, I, I just feel like generally NHL coaches are so terrified of what they don't know yes. that they would rather have like a middling veteran who they know exactly what he is than a maybe good young guy who they're, they they kind of have to take a chance on because yes. they're just terrified of anything.
1: Yeah, yeah, and they're like NHL coaches are so obsessed with like having roles for everyone, which is which is like fine in one sense, but in another sense, like I don't know, Connor McMichael's really good, he's really young, he's like the Capitals' top prospect. If they're not going to keep him with the team this year, which I don't know if they will or not, it kind of depends on the health of Backstrom and when he's back. But if they're not going to, why not at least give him a look on the power play and see kind of what you get? You know, I just I just I I can't look at the Capitals power play right now and think, oh, that's a unit that should never, ever change because they're not scoring and they have the greatest power play goal scorer probably of all time. Right. So like something has to change. Right. One would hope. (laughs)
0: <laughs> so that was, that was a big LaViolette thing that I can remember, was that he had his system and he had the boxes that needed to be filled in order yes. to execute that system, and he was unwilling to adjust that at all, which is basically why his time ended in Philadelphia, was that we no longer had the talent required, particularly defensively, to execute his system, and he just didn't change it. Yeah. And it was well, like and that's, buddy, it's so not work. all
1: capital stands. We all love, or at least I love Bruce Boudreau, and that was kind of his yeah. calling card was that he was willing to adjust, and uh, that's really hard. And I think it really separates the great coaches from the you know, I, and I, you know, it's hard for me to say that because Laviolette is clearly valued as a great coach in the NHL. I'm picking my he's, words,
0: he's when there. he has
1: what he needs. Yes, he's good. Yeah, yeah, and the Capitals have been really good this year, like Apparently they have what he needs, which I wouldn't have expected, but but here we are.
0: Okay, so given that this is a team that we are for the most part familiar with, is there a player that so far this season has kind of looked a little bit better than you expected that maybe we should pay attention to? Yeah.
1: I, I'll give you a couple. Cause this is always the thing I do. Um, uh, I'll, I'll give my, I'll give my standard, uh, standard Dmitry Orlov point, which is he is right now playing a ton at even strength and he's maybe one of the more creative kind of guys exiting the zone and entering the zone that you'll see. And, uh, really Laviolette has done wonders with Dmitry Orlov. And I think that he's, he's a guy that one or two times a game, he'll do something that just kind of, you say, wow, like I can't believe a player can do that. And, uh, All of his number underlying numbers are consistently fantastic so so the the Orlov Jensen pair is always worth watching and they're really leaning on them particularly at even strength but I'll also say watch out for Connor McMichael like he's been really really good. Um, He has not scored yet. But all of his offensive production, like stats aside from goals and points, which obviously matter, but uh, all of the uh, sh- like sh- just the amount of shots he's been generating uh, has been really good, and so you would expect the goals are coming. Uh, it's only a matter of time, assuming that Laviolette keeps him in the lineup, which I think he kind of has to right now. So that would be Connor McMichael is twenty-four. That would be a player I would also watch, and uh, on top of that, Daniel Sprong is someone who. Is kind of a second line like wing by default, but he's also got a really good shot and he's a little more mobile than you'd think. So those are a couple of kind of guys I would think about watching.
0: Okay. And the last thing I want to ask you about is the goaltending. Um, Sure. Because the split so far is. More even than I would have expected, I have admittedly not been paying attention to anything that's not the Flyers so far this season. That is so, okay. That
1: is yeah. okay. I, I'm with you on that. Being yeah, your so kind
0: of, is, kind of is there, account. are they kind of doing a 1A, 1B thing with these, Vanacek and Samsonov, or is one of those guys the clear starter that is just struggling so far? Because both of their numbers are, I mean, they have 904 for Samsonov and 906 for Vanacek, so... Kind it of playing fine, exactly But the not same.
1: great, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so Vanacek started the year as the starter, I think. You know, he got the open start on opening night. I think it was always going to be a 1A, 1B situation because, frankly, neither one of them was super impressive last year. Uh, I guess you would say Vanacek was a little bit better just because he could stay in the lineup. But, you know, Samsonov is the first-round pick. He probably has the more talent. But, really, since, like, his first year, he hasn't been very good. And so... You, you just never know with goaltending and Samsonov has the talent, but he doesn't seem to have the ability to put it together yet. Um, so I I, th- I guess Vtech is kind of the starter by default. He got off to a really good start this year, but the last couple of starts have been a little more middling. And so I think we're kind of back where we started a little bit at the start of the year of saying, I guess Vitek, Vanacek is the starter by default. I mean, clearly they didn't want to lose him, right? Because they gave yeah. up a second round pick to get him back from, from the Kraken. So You know, I guess, like, I guess that's where I would go with it is that Vitek is kind of like a 1A-ish starter, but, I mean, if Sansonov has a good stretch, then he'll probably be the 1A-ish starter, right? So, I think that's also just kind of how goaltending works in the NHL these days, right, of just, there's not a ton of teams where you would just say, oh, there's clearly, like, a number one, and if he is bad for 10 straight games, he's still going to be the number one, right? Like, that's just not how teams really work anymore, so... You know, I just, the Capitals, I think, are maybe a little ahead of the trend there, but at the same time, I haven't really liked either goalie, so maybe they're a little behind the trend. I don't know.
0: <laughs> Do you know who we should expect to see? Um. Yeah, so let me look.
1: You know, I think that VTech is getting the start tonight in Florida, so— I would, caveat being, I'm not sure when you're releasing this, but we're we're chatting here on a, on a Thursday. But uh, the, uh, you know, I think he's, I think Vtex getting the start tonight. And so if he is, then I would probably expect Sansone off. but I'm also not 100% sure. Okay. So uh, I can, I can, I can update people when that happens.
0: It's okay. We love guesses on yes. this
1: particular podcast. <laughs> that is literally all that happens here. Well, it's and nice. every single time I've guessed on a prediction, I think I've been like horribly wrong. So, uh. I guess get ready for Vitek Vanishek as your starter then, right?
0: <laughs> it's it's hilarious how this goes. Like, I, I recorded one with Jim Rixner from Pennsburg for the Penguins game that's happening tonight. And I think maybe 15 minutes after I posted the podcast in which we talked a lot about Sidney Crosby, because why wouldn't you? They announced that Crosby had COVID and wouldn't be playing. So I'm like, all right, cool. Just like, yeah. d- disregard. That yeah. <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> None of that's actually going to happen. No, no,
1: no. That's always oh, that's, that's always the way that works, right? But, right? right? but uh, yeah, I mean my guess would be V Vita- or would be Samsonov, but who 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 really knows?
0: Yeah. And finally, as always, prediction for the final score of this game.
1: Yeah. yeah. All right. So the Capitals are playing Florida tonight, and then they play the uh, Flyers on Sunday, right? That's when this game is. So I
0: Saturday? would say Is it Saturday or is it Sunday? I would have
1: sworn it's Sunday, but maybe I'm going crazy. It might internet. it might well be Saturday and it might be uh, so the the thing the thing that i would saturday. say is uh i am always a flawed person to ask about these things because i am uh when i when i see espn all of the games are at like 1 a.m the following day so it very well could be <laughs> it
0: could be that it's, i sell it's oh, saturday for me sunday for you yeah exactly sunday yeah. at 1
1: a.m for me uh but don't worry i'll be i'll be up watching uh assuming my fiance doesn't yell at me too much about it but uh but anyway so um I, you know, I would say that uh, – also, wait, is this game – in? this game's in D.C., right? It is. Okay, all right. So I would say I think that the Capitals – Capitals Flyers in D.C., I – on a Saturday night. I, I, you know, I think the Caps bring it that night. Like, I – the Capitals seem to like get up for these divisional games against mm-hmm. teams they don't like and uh, particularly when it's not a day game because they hate playing day games and I guess a lot of teams hate it, but the Capitals really, really hate it. So I'll say they bring it tonight and they or that night and they win by like a four two score with Alex Ovechkin getting a empty net goal late to ice the game. How about okay. that? Okay. Is that a good prediction? I don't know. I'm into it. Well, are you though? I mean, I I I, I picked
0: against your team, right? Oh yeah, I mean, I I don't think it's going to happen, but I'm. Oh, all right. Well, what do you think? I love it for you. It's a good Hmm. prediction. I expect everyone to be a homer on this podcast. Otherwise, what's the point? I I feel like I've I've usually
1: picked the Flyers to win, right? hmm. Like that's usually my 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 bit, bit. but uh, I lately the Caps have me a little more optimistic. So so I guess maybe that's reflecting in this a little too.
0: Yeah, at this point in the season, I am still. Fully optimistic that the Flyers are going to actually win the Stanley Cup. So, Oh, there you go. I I do this. No, I like that. No, well, you can't be optimistic as a fan. uh, What's the point? I'm trying to have fun here. Yeah, exactly, right? Last year was miserable. I'm not interested in repeating it. This is supposed to be fun. So until they beat the fun out of me. Yes. (laughs) I will be positive (laughs) about this team. And I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say it's gonna be a very tight game, three-two Flyers. Oh, there you go. I like That's that. Where I'm well, calling. yeah,
1: that'll. Uh, I, the thing, the thing I will say is I'm always really rooting for the Caps to win because it kind of destroys my sleep schedule to watch them. So I'm mm. kind of like, all right, if I'm gonna stay up to watch this stupid game, you guys better win. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's always uh, the the lately the move for me has been to actually just sign off Twitter like right before the game, go to sleep, and then. Uh, Wake up, just do, like, the ESPN Plus, like, direct game watch, and just hopefully I don't see the score. So we'll see. Maybe I'll do that this time.
0: That's a very good – I mean, like, Craig, I do that with West Coast games. We're not even talking about 1 a.m. Like, I DVR the 10 p.m. starts, and then when I wake up at 6.30 in the morning, just watch them then. Wait, you you wake up at 6.30? I am – the oldest woman when it comes no, to no okay time. I do the same thing actually I can't I sleep it. late I'm like no physically but so incapable. like my fiance
1: loves sleeping and I'm always she loves it because I always get up before her and I'm usually the one that makes coffee so she's uh yeah. she's that's uh, I guess that's like a key foundational part of our relationship and uh totally that. unnecessary for everyone on this podcast to know but you know what so is a lot of things I've said and and here now we are they anyway.
0: know that you're a considerate person yeah, I try. And I really you, try, Kelly. You also keep old lady hours like I do. I do.
1: I do. I actually kind of like it, though. It's nice, it's nice and peaceful. And also, there's kind of just nothing I can do because my body gets up when it's light out no matter what. It yep. just sucks. It's just like the way it works for me.
0: I hear you. Okay, so you're saying 4-2 caps. Yes. I'm saying 3-2 flyers. We'll see what happens. I personally think this is going to be a very fun hockey game. So I
1: think so, too. Like, I, that's what usually, usually the like Caps Flyers games, there's always like a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Right. Like they're never boring games.
0: Never. So yeah. I think we'll have a good one. So hopefully they make it worth your time if you do decide to stay up. Hopefully everyone listening to this enjoys the game, too. Greg, thank you so much for joining me all the way from halfway across the world. I really appreciate it
1: no problem. No problem. It's been fun. It, I, I, I love doing these because it makes it feel a little bit more like home, which, no. is, which is always nice.
0: That's nice. Yeah.
1: I All like, right. I really enjoy it.
0: Do you want to tell the people where they can find you on the internet? Yeah,
1: sure. Uh, I actually have been blogging a little bit this year. Uh, and by blogging, I've done one article, but I did do it. Uh, and so you can find that at Japers rink and, uh, you can find, uh, I do a podcast with, uh, Adam Stringham, uh, Japers rink radio, and, uh, you can find that wherever fine podcasts are found. I've been off the last couple of weeks, but, uh, we should have one releasing either today or tomorrow. That is our, uh, 200th anniversary or 200th episode. So that's, oh,
0: that's exciting. exciting
1: yeah it is it is it is and uh, so so i do that and then i am also accessible on twitter at, at greg y underscore jr so you can uh find all of my uh, half-baked hockey takes there
0: they're very good hockey takes and everyone should follow you in my oh, opinion well thank you
1: thank you thank you and also when i uh when i help introduce you to uh very reputable sites on the wow okay they, uh, well, remember we? I think I think we talked. Kelly, we we exchanged uh, sites that we find movies on, and uh, so I was I was always happy to help you there.
0: Yes, thank you very much. I appreciate that. <laughs> All right, everybody, enjoy this game. Go Flyers!